We are proud to announce a new sponsor for this podcast, Augie's Locker Room. Augie's Locker Room, which is located less than a mile away from Notre Dame Stadium, was named the best Notre Dame's collectible shop in the country. This shop is amazing. If you are a passionate Notre Dame fan and are looking for that special Notre Dame piece to complete your rec room, Augie's is the place to go. They have a wide selection of Notre Dame stadium pieces, jerseys, helmets, autographs, and one-of-a-kind rock knee items. They have an exclusive Joe Montana signed items. If Augie's doesn't have it in store, he will find it for you. Visit Augie'sLockerRoom.com or stop in at 1811 South Bend Avenue and see the vintage helmet display dating back to 1890. Augie'sLockerRoom.com or call 574-277-NDND. What is going on, Notre Dame fans? Mike Singer from BlueAndGold.com with our football analyst, Mike Goolsby. He needs no introduction, but I'll give him a quick one. Former Notre Dame linebacker and captain, that's... uh. That's a, that's a pretty legit star of the Tyrone Willingham era, dare I say. Is that fine? Is that fine to say, Mike? You said it. There's no retracting it. <laughs> uh, hey, Mr. Mike, Pick did, you see, himself. Did, you, uh, did you see this Manti Teo documentary yet? It's on my to-do list. My wife doesn't know anything about this story, so I'm excited to watch it with her probably this week. I didn't know much about it either. I mean, I knew the general premise, but I watched the first episode – and Jack Swarbrick's talking about how after the uh, the '90s Notre Dame football program somewhat lost its way, and there is a uh, a clip of us playing uh, BYU, and your boy got a cameo. So um, that was kind of fun. So yeah, you, if you're going to say a star of the Willingham era, it just jogged my memory to uh, you know high. high being a highlight of the the of a darker era of Notre Dame football. So, yeah, so. hey man, it's still an era of Notre Dame football, and and Amen. my boys on Netflix. So, hey dude, I'm really, I want to I want a royalty check. You right? I'm gonna get Mike, dude. If 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 you were in the NIL era, what would what what company would you want to be paying you? Oh shoot, back then, probably Burger King. Um, <laughs> Whoever makes Hamburger Helper, is that Stouffer's Hamburger Helper? Ate a lot of Hamburger Helper back in the day in college. Dream big, Goolsby. You know, Chevy trucks would be a yeah. There you go. Um, You know, Skull Mint. (laughs) Whoever makes makes Skull. Skull. So, yeah, good times. Good times. Good to be here with you, buddy. Yeah. Too long. Yeah. Yeah. We do uh, monthly. In the off season, so I think it was about six weeks since we had Goolsby on last, and uh, we still good for you guys. Got to understand, Goolsby is a very busy man. I'm a busy man, um, so the most we talk is is this show. So Goolsby, we still we're still on for Sunday nights, and we've still yet to meet Mike. We were both in South Bend for the spring game, just couldn't work it out. You couldn't break away from the Angeli family to come have a beer with a buddy, <laughs> but it's fine. There's always next year. Yeah, I'm still good. Um, I think, yeah, I would prefer a day to watch the game and process it, but I think folks are looking for that immediate post-game show. The first one after the Ohio State game, I'll be in Montana on vacation, so I'll have to figure something else. I'll figure something out. Um, might be coming to you from the middle of the woods, but we'll fig- we'll, we'll make it right. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll get you on either way to discuss it. Yeah, we got a great team of blue and gold um, between – 
Goolsby and, and Tim Hyde with these with our football analysts do such a great job. Um, pop, pop on a few questions real quick. Joey says, "What what will Goolsby and Singer be drinking tonight?" I've got one drink I'm proud of, and then one drink just that I have. Um, two Tigers. Shout out to uh, so aggressive. There. What's that, Mike? So aggressive, and I'm here for it. And what 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 do you uh, so what are you chasing that with, Mike? <laughs> I'll show the backside of it. Can I just, can I just sorry, the podcast audience, but yeah, it's just it's just the back of it. That's all. Dude, I don't know. That's what my wife gets. It's a Bud Light Seltzer Cocktail Outward Lime Margarita. We don't have any beers right now. Um, so, yeah, I'm going with a uh, a Line of Kugel's Summer Shanty. That's my father in law's favorite favorite beer. Every time I go over there, I make sure not to grab one because uh, it's his favorite. So yeah, they're not bad. They're awesome. Yeah, they're awesome. John says someone got a haircut. Both of us. Both, both of us haircut. did. Thanks for noticing, John. John just saw me yesterday, I'm sure, on our live show, and I was like, "Man, I need a haircut." Um, I wanted to see what I look getting like. Getting rid of that, getting rid of that uh, goatee. So I want to see what I look like with just a mustache. So I'm going to shave that tomorrow. I figured I wouldn't do that today, just in case. I like we that. Any, just in case we had any children watching the, you know, the the, the show and didn't want to scare them. Um, so, um, all right, Mike, let's start with some maybe not so good news kind of one of these things that <sighs> Goolsby, you're, you're a pundit now man people want your reaction to things and, and that's what we're going to give them so keon keely five-star edge in the 2023 class committed to the irish over the big three florida schools last summer i don't think he was really he wasn't really ranked at that point commits to notre dame Huge junior season with 16 and a half sacks, 34 and a half TFLs, playing half of games a lot of times because they're blowing teams out. Um, you know, gets all the offers under the sun, visits Florida a couple times, Ohio State at least once, Bam a couple times, including at the end of July. And then uh, Keon Keeley goes ahead and announces his decommitments on August 17th. So, Mr. Goolsby, your reaction here to Notre Dame losing this player? Yeah, it's a little upsetting. He's a real dominant player. Um, my initial thought is, is I don't want, you know, I don't blame the kid, right? He has every right in the world to go wherever he wants. I think the with him being down in Florida and South Bend where, being where it is, I think in the the length of time, Mike, that he had been committed, you know, committing before his junior year, and there's there's so many more so many dominant programs that are able to buzz his tower at a more, on a more frequent basis, yeah, like a Bama, like a Georgia, like a Florida. Um, it was kind of a long shot to begin with. So I don't, I don't blame the kid on the plus side, Mike, he was the crown jewel of the class that had, you know, one of our first commitments, if not the first commitment. So I think that he was almost committed long enough to influence the rest of the class. If that makes sense. Okay. Um, so it's not as if, you know, kids that were kind of following suit and committing to Notre Dame are going to jump off board as well. It's just uh, recruiting is a dirty game, man, and the NIL makes it even filthier. Um, yeah, you know, again, going back to this Manti Teo thing, it's like, oh, okay, you're going to be the great next great defensive lineman from Alabama, you know, 
I don't know if well, you didn't see this bit in the show, but like he's like, well, he because Manti wanted to go to USC, right? And never, uh, yeah, and his uncle or somebody was like, you know, you're going to be the next great Polynesian player, Ray Malaluga, Troy Palomalu, et cetera. He's like, I always thought you'd be the first Manti Teo at a school like Notre Dame. So hmm. it's just more of the same at Alabama with Keon Keeley. Um, I think a kid as dominant as he is could have became a true star at a program like a Notre Dame. So it's unfortunate. I hope, I hope that coach Freeman stays in the race. Um, but yeah, it's unfortunate, but I don't, I don't blame the kid. I mean, having been a, somewhat of a high profile recruit myself and these kids get torn a thousand different directions. It's hard, man. It's hard. If, if anything, I mean, if anything, I think these, these coaches are so anxious to get a commitment that they, they almost force it somewhat prematurely right into uh to keep a kid on board for you know 24 months is difficult so i don't blame them what do you say to the notre dame fan who is saying right now well why commit in the first place if you're just gonna decommit you're you're supposed to be a man of your word you know like what what do you say to that notre dame fan Um, you've never been in that kid's shoes. You've never been in that kid's shoes. And he might've been, I mean, there, inevitably there's pressure. If he's on a particular visit or whatever, I mean, those coaches will, I mean, when I committed to Notre Dame, I was cornered. I mean, I was literally physically cornered by three coaches. I, like, I commit, you know, and it's almost, it's almost more difficult to decommit in a way. So, Right. Yeah, there should be no ill will against the kid. Um, there just shouldn't be. For uh, as high profile as he is, he's you, you had to see this coming. Um, it, the timing of it's interesting. I wish that he would have maybe given us, uh, given Coach Freeman a chance to play the season out or get a couple games into the season so he could get a taste of what the defense, what the the Freeman era might look like. That's a little bit disappointing, but no, folks shouldn't folks shouldn't hold it against the kid. I think, I really part, yeah, I think part of the decommitment timing is just that um, he wanted to take official visits and Notre Dame has a strong stance against it. And that's not an uncommon thing for colleges to say, if you are committed here and you want to take official visits elsewhere, we, we see you as a decommitted player. Um so I don't know, Mike. It, it kind of just sped up the timeline. He, he, I see. So he wanted to officially visit Ohio State for the Notre Dame game, and I, I think that if Keon Keeley went ahead and decided, well, I'm going to decommit based on your rule, I think if Notre Dame didn't have the rule in place, that's a player who would decommit. I, I think he just decided to do it now rather than four months from now. Like, look at Amorion Walker last year. Like, Notre Dame is avoiding that situation. I mean, does that make sense, people? Like, he if he decided to decommit now, then you know he was going to decommit later if, if this rule wasn't in place. Does that make sense, Mike? Sure. But that's – that's, and I don't know what, like, a school like Alabama's policy is, internal policy in terms of if X kid commits, he's no longer allowed to take official visits or the coaching staff. So – Notre Dame in this instance, and it could be any other program as well, Mike, but Notre Dame in this instance, they want their cake and eat it too. So we want an early commitment when a kid's 15, 16 years old. Oh, and by the way, you're grounded for the next two years, right? 
So yeah. on, they can take unofficials. That's fine. Unofficials are okay. It's the officials. And I don't the, know. I, 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 as, as somebody that is Mike, as somebody that's lived through this recruiting process, let's get into this shit, right? As somebody that's like lived this recruiting process and was largely caught off guard by it all. Um, like the early signing day, the early signing day isn't for the kids. It's all, all of this stuff, all of these recruiting rules. It's, it's to serve the college coaches so that they can speed everything up. So like in, we got an early signing day so that they can move on to the next recruiting class and get a, you know, several month head start on that. That's not, that's not for a kid. That's for the college coaches and sure they can enroll early in the spring and all that. But I mean, back in my era, 20 years ago, that had been unheard of, dude. So, so much of this stuff, is because of the coaches. I, again, I, I'm adamant. I think that NIL was born out of the coaches' salaries. You've got coaches making seven, eight million dollars a year, and kids are having to make hamburger helper like your boy over here. It was too lopsided. So the natural response was, okay, we're going to open up a transfer portal. We're going to let kids make money, and now the wheels are off. Yeah. None of that would have happened had coaches not had that coaching salary not continue to creep up. And I'm a capitalist too, but it was. Um, it started to get a little bit absurd. So, you know, coaches got to be careful what they wish for in terms of we want this early commitment and they're trying to continually always, always speed everything up so they can move on to the next, the next round. And I'm not a fan of that. Speaking of wishing, Mike, let's go ahead and move along to Michael's nice. offense. True professional, bro. True professional. You are. Folks, make sure you go ahead and hit the thumbs up on this video and you're subscribed to our YouTube channel. If you have not done so yet, we recently hit 17,000 followers and now we're at like 17.1. So that's crazy. When we started doing, when, when I started kind of getting the, the wheels going on this whole YouTube thing, it's like March of 2020. Crazy. Fe- February, I think we had like 2,000 subscribers. And, uh, you know, a little over a year and a half or two, excuse me, two and a half years later, we're, we're almost at, you know, just, just getting over 17,000. So it, it, it's awesome. And couldn't do it without you guys. I, I see some questions popping up. I'm saving them on my back end to maybe get through them the later in the show, but to guarantee that your question gets answered, drop a super chat and Mr. Goolsby, um, we'll, we'll get to it. And, um, yeah, and if you're watching back on YouTube, hit the thumbs up. Appreciate you guys. And um, for uh, podcast folks, appreciate you guys. Leave us a kind review. All right, Goolsby, you uh, just kind of sent me your what we called word vomit. Just just thoughts. Just just sent me a bunch of thoughts. So offense, let's start at quarterback. Buckner being, you know, named starter. And I know you don't want to spend too much time on that because that uh, more or less a given. You know what? What what do you want to see from him in this offense this fall? Well, first of all, everybody's like, "Oh, it was a given; it was obvious." And the same people that are saying Buckner becoming the starter and it's a given were the same people calling for Drew Pine last year. So, um, I'm I'm glad that we're into the Tyler Buckner era. I think he's the most special quarterback that we've had in years in terms of how dynamic he can be. Um, and I think that like Buckner can kind of bring us into this sort of modern era of college football. What's become in vogue, Mike, in terms of they're always they're like in, especially in big game environments, like we're going into Columbus, 
watching a lot of football, it seems like you really need a, a, a legitimate element, Mike, of like backyard ball, um, a little spontaneity from the quarterback position. I think Buckner can really provide that for us. I've seen him grow in confidence. Just even watch that poor kid get interviewed during the spring game, and he's like nervous chatting on the sidelines. And I saw a press conference with him during training camp the other day. He's a completely different kid in terms of the way he carries himself and how he comes across. He looks great. Looks like he's put on, you know, 10, 15, 20 pounds, um, which is makes me more hopeful and less concerned about him getting dinged up throughout the course of the season. Um, quick delivery. I just think that, you know, Tyler Buckner has legitimate, and along with a few other people, Mike, on the team, uh, guys that should have prominent roles this year. I think he's got the potential to become a star. I really do. I, I just think I've we said it. I said it last year more than once. I just think he's like an exceptional kid. You look at his like he's a great golfer, great student. I mean, he just seems like one of those kids. It's just wired uniquely. So my kind of thoughts on Buckner and and for folks who are regulars of Blue and Gold YouTube, you've heard me say this a bunch, so I apologize. But my, my thought is that he is going to be wildly talented, um, but there's going to be incons- – I, I think he's going to be, like, consistently inconsistent. If, if And that's not, like, a major criticism. You know, he I think he's just going to try to do a little too much at times. And even in Marcus Freeman's press conference today, Freeman alluded to Notre Dame had a turnover today, and he, he was asked about it. He said that Buckner was – rolling to his right should have just tucked it and went out of bounds and tried to throw it across his body and got picked off. Like, I think you're going to see some of that from Buckner this fall, but Mike, I think that the good is going to outweigh the bad. And let me say something on Buckner. Cause I'll see comments on our blue and gold message board. By the way, sign up for that $1 for one year premium access. Can't get a better deal. I'll see people like, ah, oh, Mike doesn't like Buckner. Mike, Mike Singer, that being not Mike Goolsby. And, and I'm thinking, I'm and they're like, oh, Mike doesn't like Buckner. He just loves Angeli. These two things are true. I do like Steve Angeli than most of you do, and I maybe am not as high on Buckner as most people are. But I can still really like both. I and I would say Buckner is a much better. He's the best quarterback on this team. It's, I don't think it's a discussion right now. Um, but yeah, I, I just, I think there's going to be a lot of inconsistent play this season and it, I don't think it's, it's a, I don't think it's going to help that he's playing in the horseshoe for the first game. I think you prefer to be Marshall. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. 
For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Well, the, the interesting thing is, what does he bring to the offense? The, the scheme itself. So we're running that zone read, quarterback to side, et cetera, with Jack Cohn. And <laughs> like no defensive end in the country is going to honor Jack Cohn on that play, right? So now Kyron's yeah. having to deal with, edges crashing etc so you can bring buckner back just for, just for that alone um the ability to get out of the pocket and make things happen i think the spat the, the the splash plays should offset any negatives in terms of turnovers or what have you um yeah but he's not like a a wild card back there i mean he's a sharp kid that's been groomed you know for over a year now at the position um i don't know i just see a ton of upside i mean i'm yeah. Like I'm legitimately this is this is the most excited I think I've ever been for Notre Dame, the, the kickoff of a Notre Dame football season since maybe when I was playing since Ty Willingham's first year. So why why is my, that? Is it, is it largely around Buckner? Is hell yeah, dude. Hell yeah. Go watch anybody anybody like when this show's over, we should link Tyler's high school highlight film, you know, in the description or something, Mike. But yeah, like I mean. He, we saw we saw glimpses of it last year with him as a true freshman carrying the ball, but like he was up, he's he was he was tight. You could tell, and even Lorenzo Styles at times after the catch last year looked a little tight. Mike, um, not as loose and not as comfortable, just because they're both true freshmen. But Tyler Buckner carrying the ball in high school looked like a four-star running back. So as he gets more confidence, he knows he's the man. Um, and some of these throws, dude, some of these throws, this is like uh, Patrick Mahomes. Like there's there's one – just let it run as we talk. But I'm telling you, man, this kid is electric. You could talk about his release all you want. It's quick. I know it looks awkward. I'll I'll cop to that, but it's quick. Um, and just because it's not necessarily pretty. But he can throw off-platform. He can throw on the run. And this is him, Mike, playing confident. You know, under Brian Kelly, he was kind of – pigeonholed into this role last year as this gadget this, guy the, yeah, he's that gone right, that was a state there's a there's a there's, a there's a throw there's a throw coming up near the end zone where he dances close to the sideline he's almost out of bounds and throws it it's like a, a vintage pat mahomes type thing but he's a better athlete on top of it so i'm just telling you man yeah my excitement to answer your question mike is is largely built around the fact that uh we've got a five-star type kid what's so funny you see Tom's Tom's comment here it says FYI Triple H was a warrant for your arrest if you enter Montana. That's fine. Mike uh, Triple H Goolsby. Did you you here we go? Be... This though, this though, this though. Do you yeah. see that run that? I mean, I can. I'm looking on my iPhone here. My iPhone eight, by the way. So, but yeah, I mean that's a not a lot of kids that can make that throw. I think we're gonna see here in a second. Let's so see. let Tyler Buckner. Yeah, watch this. Look at that. That little see how he dips down and kind of and people, are, people are saying, oh, he's not accurate because he had a, a couple spotty throws last year. I'm telling you, man, this is this is potential versus production. I think the potential is high. I think the production is going to be high. Yeah. Obviously, the wide receiver room is like depleted, but I think that's going to make Coach Risa. The fun thing about all this, all this chatter about um we could probably cut that off, Mike, but the all this chatter about like the uh the lack of depth at the wide receiver position, what's the offense going to look like? 
I know it's frustrating and it's concerning, but as you, the more you think about it, it's like, I don't know if Ohio state has any idea what to, what to prep for. So it, it might bite us in the ass long-term as you get halfway into the season and maybe you lose another couple guys, you know, to hamstring tweaks, what have you, but starting out, I don't know what Ohio state's preparing for. Right. I would just let this dude loose. Yeah. The backyard football thing. Let so, so backyard football. Yeah. What, what does that mean for, in your opinion, when it comes to Tyler Buckner, like what, what do you mean with like, let's just let him play backyard ball. Like, what does that look like? So uh, it's like, you know, you know, I, you know, I'm thinking Cam Newton, Johnny Manziel to a, de- to a degree where they're playing. Bri- well, to the, to the, to the, to, you know, Johnny Manziel did too much of it. I and mean, he forced him. He's jumping and doing, you know, all these extra. He, he's doing too much out there, but he won a Heisman trophy. You know, Cam Newton won a Heisman trophy. He's the first pick overall. Um, so if the pre- if the play breaks down, if your one or two read isn't there, make some magic happen. Keep your eyes downfield, but you, may, you have the athleticism to make something happen. And it's just like having played linebacker, Mike. If a if a quarterback take quarterback takes off and picks up a first down, it's debilitating, and it's also like exhausting. It's a it's a the most difficult tackle to make in terms of an open field tackle. I just think I, I'm I'm stoked, dude. I'm stoked. And I and you are in terms of this relationship, Mike. The dynamic of you and I, you're always the uh, the optimist, and I'm typically more of a pessimistic. Have a pessimistic viewpoint, but I, I'm I am very optimistic for Tyler Buckner, and I'm excited. And again, I'm 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 optimistic as well. I'm just not as optimistic as Mike. You know? Yeah, you like Jack Cohen and Drew Pine and all this other stuff. So I, you know. Yeah, Buckner's gonna I, be I, Buckner's gonna be the man, dude. I mean, since Brady Quinn, we haven't had a legit star at the position, and I think Buckner's gonna become a star. I do. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't know. I I, 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 like the star thing. I think he's got all the potential in the world to be a star. I just, I don't know. I'm just. How about this? You're more convinced than I am at this point. That's that's what it is. Yeah, you see the potential, and you're like, I know, I feel very confident it's going to translate to the field this fall. I'm just not as sure. That's all it is. Yeah, well, and I think the strength of the defense or the strength of the team at this point is certainly the defense. So if the kid does throw a pick every other game, uh, so be it, man. You know, again, the, is the juice worth the squeeze? Right, Mike? You've heard this expression being like down in it. Florida. Is the juice worth the squeeze? In Tyler Buckner's case. Absolutely, definitively, unequivocally, yes. Anything else on Buckner? Are we okay to move on? Did I say I'm excited? Did we cover that? I think so, Mike. Okay. Yeah, we can move on. All right. What about some of the guys around him? Um, Let's talk about Mayer. Um, Two-back offense, potentially. You had jotted down in your notes. What what's on your wish list for uh you know let's table the receivers for now running Please. backs and tight ends what's uh what what's on your wish list for the for those guys? well you know when I sent you this text two months ago before you put the kibosh on uh, we had plans last episode I wanted to go over this wish list so one of my wish lists my second bullet point is Mayor stays healthy loses weight I said he's got all time great potential um. 
I, I, yes, I still wish that he stays healthy. I do still think that he's got, again, back to that star thing. When all of us became Notre Dame fans, so many of us, the Ricky Waters, the Rocket, Rocket, the Michael Stonebreakers, the Todd Lights, like so, somewhat household names. I think, gosh, I hope with this Freeman era, we can get there with some of the five-star elite type, type talents. But I wanted Mayor to lose weight because he was overutilized last year as a route runner. I mean, you go back to week one against Florida State, I think he had like 15 targets and he actually dropped a couple balls. It was it was wet out there. I know he had his gloves off that game, but I think he was just freaking gassed, Mike, in terms of um, the overutilization and over-dependency of, of him as a, as a pass catcher. So I want him to lose weight just for, from a conditioning standpoint. The opposite happened. I think Mike's put on a couple pounds, which makes me think, is he going to be used more so as an inline blocker this season? And you could make the argument or present the argument that that may be the case because if you're an NFL GM or team looking to uh, draft him in the first round next year, what boxes hasn't Michael Mayer checked? I don't think he has the length that's so in vogue at that at the at the NFL level. Like Kyle Pitts, you know, the first round draft pick for the Falcons out of Florida has like a seven foot wingspan or something. He doesn't have that, but he hasn't been a great inline blocker throughout the course of his career. None of that's Mike's fault. They've got him split out wide half the time. But I think that if you put him in line, he can check that box for the NFL. Uh, and that's a little bit of a Goolsby conspiracy theory there, Mike, by the way. Ooh. Why did he put on, you know, seven to 10 pounds? What, 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 and do you he's know still going to get it. He's, oh, I, if I, I mean, if he, 255 or something like that. But I remember I talked to him during the spring and I was like, are you going to lose some weight? And he was like, yeah, I want to lose six pounds. And he ended up putting on over six pounds. So is he going to be asked to be more of an inline guy this year? Check that box in the NFL. He's still going to get his catches. There's Inevitably, he's going to get his catches. Um, but if you go into like a week one game plan and we're game planning around Mayer as a, as a slot receiver, a displaced tight end. Now he's in line. It uh, it may confuse the defense. Okay, I'm Mike. Just, I'm, yeah, go ahead. Tight end weight. Give me like a range of what tight ends usually weigh in at. Like uh, what is normal? Two forty. Okay. Mayor played six five two thirty five as a freshman. So okay. that's a big dude. Right? No, he's 260 something now. Sophomore year, six four and a half. Did I, wait, did I say six five? Yeah, six five, so he shrunk. <laughs> six four and a half, two fifty one. And then as I put up on the screen, Mike, two sixty five? Dang, that's a big mofo. It's a big kid. He's God, not that far up from being a freaking offensive lineman. So can I tell a funny joke real quick here? Shout out to my boy, Billy Palmer, um, brother of Jesse Palmer. So Billy played tight end for us. He was a classmate of mine at Notre Dame. And back in that era, we're running this like quasi option thing where they wanted like 280 pound tight ends. No joke, no exaggeration. And Billy got up to like, I think he got up to like 285. And he used to make this joke that at practice, the coach was gonna ask him to go in motion and then stop behind the guard and basically turn him into a guard. Like, stop right there, Billy. Like, Milligan, get out. Billy, put your hand down. Like, turn him into a guard because he's 285 pounds. But yes, Michael Mayer's a big boy. 
uh, six foot four ish guy, two hundred and sixty five pounds playing in the slot. You know, I mean, it's 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 doable, but it's uh, what being two sixty five isn't conducive to playing in the slot, right? I mean, like right. as you said earlier, you can love Buckner and love uh, Pine and Angeli. I mean, both things can be true. But I, I, I just feel like they're going to use him as a move guy, kind of an H-back in that Tommy, Tommy Tremble sort of role, but actually throw the ball to him. Okay. And, uh, I mean, he's the world's best um, – uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The word just escaped me. Uh, decoy. Sorry, Mike. You could just – you know, decoy. Draws a linebacker's attention, draws a safety's attention. But uh, – I don't know if we're going to see him in the, in the slot as much. And that, that begs the question, who are you going to see? Is it Holden Stays? Is it Eli Raritan? Somebody else? My boy came wrong. That's my boy. Okay. All right. So what was uh, the question, though, about – did we get a question about – oh, never mind. You, you mentioned that earlier. Oh, running no, backs. Moving, yeah, two-back offense. So with this – I watched your pod with Ashton and Tim the other night. You were talking about a lot of 12 personnel, 11 personnel. So the body types on the field is one thing, but the formation is another, right? And they're, they're, they're obviously related. But I, I imagine you could see some, like, 22 personnel where you have Eli or Holden stays displaced as your slot receiver. You've got Mayer in line. You've got Estime and Tyree back there. And either pre-snap you can motion Tyree out into a slot role or on the snap you He's in a one-on-one scenario with a with a linebacker. Do you it's, know what gets me going, Mike? Hmm. The thought of like a twenty-two personnel, right? So you're 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 coming out with your two backs and a tight end, or uh, what? What would uh, two running backs, two tight ends be? Twenty-one. Wait, no, twenty-two. Twenty-two. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, okay, I'm having a brain fart. That'd be. Well, you're 21. drinking whiskey. Okay, so two running back, two tight end set out there. And they go five wide. Now that see that's getting me going. My jollies are getting rustled a little bit. Oh boy, dude! That. You need a minute. <laughs> but seriously, like that—that's throwing a defense off. It's like, all right, two running backs, two tight ends. Mike, don't if you do grow a mustache or you know trim down the mustache. I want to hear you say live on air. My jollies are getting rustled, rustled with the mustache. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, but to your point, Mike. Again, the personnel, so when people think 22, they think of like a Jumanji backfield, right? You know, big fullback, big, you know, double tight ends. It doesn't have to be that, right? right? So then that's that's the – gosh, and I'm also excited to see you – know, if we can hang on to Coach Reese after this year, what he did last year with Kane Madden at guard, starting a four-string left tackle to put together an offense the way he did, gets tons of credit. So now this year he goes into the season with half a dozen wide receivers – you know, two or three of which, like, if uh, don't even sh- yeah, don't even shave yet. So, but yeah, I think uh, we're going to see a lot of interesting formation personnel groupings, and then, and just so folks know, this is a little sprinkling of like college football, the NFL. Defensively, you've got somebody, some coach up in the box that's that's calling out the personnel, the personnel grouping that the offense is calling, and then the defense response. We bring in nickel, we bring in base, we bring in dime. So if they come up, come if, if if we break the if we come to the sidelines after the first kickoff in twenty two personnel, they're going to be out in base, right? So now I can move Raritan out one on one as a linebacker playing slot, and or yeah, you 
break open to empty. So that creates an advantage for us because they've got base personnel and we've got um, kind of multiple athlete traits out there. So that's going to be really fun. When I have no idea, dude. And uh, the silver lining is I don't, I don't believe, I don't understand how Ohio state could really have a, a full grasp of what this offense is going to look like week one. Uh, wide receivers. I mean, it's not hard to list off some of the names. Um, you got Tobias Merriweather, who's an exciting young freshman. Um, you know, you got Deion Colsey, Lorenzo Styles, Jaden Thomas, that trio from the 2021 recruiting class. Um, you got Braden Lindsay and Joe Wilkins, kind of your senior folks. Um, Matt Salerno, you would throw in that too, the former walk-on. That's six. Is it Lorenzo Styles, did I say him? Yeah. That's about it. Avery Davis is down. I'm missing anybody. Which is a yeah, which is a huge bummer losing Avery and um but back to our point, Mike. I'm just realistically, you can't go into a game with five wide receivers just from a conditioning standpoint. Like you can't do it. So you're gonna have to see twenty two you know, there's people talking about switching positions. I don't see that happening, like bringing Xavier Watts. That ain't gonna happen. You don't think so? I mean, he's, he's too good, good, dude. He's too good of a safety. He's but too good of a safety. If, but if DJ Brown, uh, Houston Griffith, and it's uh, gonna have to be somebody younger. If they do make that switch, there. If, if they do, if like, let's say, if they bring one of these young corners over, name one, Mike. Right. Uh, perfect. They bring over Jaden Bellamy to play receiver. He's not getting the ball thrown to him. That quarterback's gonna have zero trust in him. He's a, he's a fresh, he's a set of fresh legs out there running shitty routes. Um, that could happen, but it's not going to be Xavier Watts. He's too good of a safety. And then our, our cupboards are going to be bare at safety after the, after this season, so he can see the writing on the wall. He's a hell of a safety. Okay. Yeah, the so, cupboard is kind of bare. I think the move, I think the move is, me personally, is I'm willing to bet that Mayor's going to be doing more inline blocking this season. You know, I'm rooting for Eli Raritan just because I think physically he's a he's different, dude. Um, and I've heard great things about Holden State. So that guy's out in the slot. Somebody else out there, but I mean, if you could see more one and two receive receiver sets, especially with speed over the top like a Lindsay, um, it'll be interesting. I'm again, we have no idea. How concerned are you about this uh, receiver depth or lack? Obviously, lack thereof. I, I mean, yeah, you mentioned even the Watts thing. I was all on board with that, but you make a good point. Then the safety position is an injury away from, you know, being. I know I'm, yeah, I know I'm a, I'm a pundit, Mike, and they, it's like, so I have to, you know, give a, give an opinion, but I got to play for Lou Holtz in that Japan game, Mike, that you dug up that footage over in Japan. So folks aren't aware back in 2006, they took a team of ex Notre Dame players and we played like a Japanese – they played tackle football over there. Uh, like uh, their, their Pro Bowl, their all-star team, we played them and beat them. And your boy almost won MVP had I scored on that interception. But, like, we were awful, dude. We didn't have a quarterback that could throw. Ambrose Wooden had been playing corner in like three days before the game. They moved him to quarterback position. And Lou Holtz is like, we're going to win the game. He's like, we have no choice. So it was like going into that game, was I concerned about the quarterback position? Absolutely. But you got to go win. So, yes, I'm concerned about the 
the wide receiver room, but you can't let, I mean, if you're on the team, you can't let that creep into your, into your psyche. So yes, I'm concerned from just from a conditioning standpoint, but uh, Tommy Reese is going to earn his paycheck this year. All right. We're going to have to just, Mike, can you give me like a minute on the offensive line? Yeah. No, it's, it brings, it's a great point because the last time that we saw Coach Reese just continuing on there was a bowl game against Oklahoma State. You know, while the cat's away, the mice will play. Coach Kelly's gone. Coach Reese throws the ball 64 times. So we're not going to get a chance to do that this season. So I think with the, the lack of depth, I think it's really going to force Coach Reese's hand um, – and force him to run the ball and lean on the offensive line. And I think that Audrick Estime is one of those guys. I saw him interviewed a couple days ago, bro, and he seems supremely confident. He's cleaned up his body a little bit in terms of bringing in his waist a little bit. I mean, that's another kid where it's like, man, he could be a star. He really could. We have some uh, comments here on YouTube about, um, you know, what, has been said about or, or is Watts moving to receiver. This is what Marcus Freeman said earlier today. He was in blue 26, meaning his jersey, but he's also in white four, white four being the defense. He did both sides of the ball today and did a really good job. So it seems like Watts, who you got to remember, spent, you know, a season in what, a half as a receiver before moving over to safety. So, or, or Rover, whatever it was at first. And now he's over at safety. So, um, yeah, I, I think kind of having a, a foot in both pools will kind of help them or help Notre Dame because yeah, they, they're not. Yeah, it helped Avery Davis. It helped Avery Davis. Right. I mean, I, I'm, I'm so anti that and the ultimate team player, but at a certain point in time, I mean, he's been in the program long enough where I think that Avery, and, uh, excuse me, Xavier, and it may be because he's an Omaha kid, but I'm, I feel like that he's maybe deserved the right to become a little bit more selfish and just be like, this is, this is the path I want to focus on. Okay. Did we talk about personally. the offensive line, Mike? Well, I just think that coach Reese is going to have to lean on it, obviously. And again, it goes back to stars. Blake Fisher should be a star. Joe jo- Alt should be a star. Um, and uh, yeah, it, absolutely. So I think, and it's another interesting note. I, when Tyler Buckner was interviewed in a press conference, he was like, he said something to the effect of he let the ball go a count too early and that the clock went off in his head and he, you know, watching practice back on film, he's starting to realize I have more time than I might just instinctually anticipate. So that, tells me the offensive line is doing a great job. So this should be a, definitely be a a strong point. It's just who's going to tote the rock behind him between Tyree, Tyler, Estime, uh, who's really going to, yeah, well, he's, he's got to labor him. I mean, he tore that in the spring game, right? And I've had that surgery. I've had that surgery twice. And that's a six-month rehab. Now, granted, I'm not a running back. You're a linebacker. I mean, you hurt your you hurt your shoulder. Jesus, I swear I'm wearing deodorant, folks. But uh, <laughs> you know, you hurt your you hurt your uh, your labrum reaching out like this. That's kind of and then when he did it in the spring game, he was stiff arming somebody. So if he can keep kind of his arms within the framework, 
he can play, but I'm not banking on it. But with a kid that's built like Estime, built like Estime, Estime, he's gotten into better shape. You know, literally, he's gotten into better shape. I think he's probably worked on his actual conditioning to become a bell cow guy. And then Tyree's more of your home run guy. Dude, doesn't Estime look like freaking Leonard Fournette in some of these clips? I wouldn't say he's as explosive as Leonard Fournette. I mean, Leonard Fournette was the the fourth pick in the draft, bro. I said looks like. Come on, Mike. Just, you know, just, well, all right, let, let, me, let me pop this clip on for you. Look at this dude. Yeah. No, he's way, way. I mean, goodness. Far more, far more slippery than you would anticipate. You saw it in the spring, like where he's giving guys a dead leg and stepping out of tackles. Because the kid that's 230, 240 pounds comes up to you. I mean, you're bracing for it. And then if he can step out of it, leave you, um, that's impressive. That's see, for for YouTube folks. That is not a guy that I would want to uh, have to try to tackle. Dude, That's why you're a possession wide receiver, dude. dude. You're not about that life. I'm more of a cane man right now, <laughs> but I feel like Estime could pop that freaking football in his arm. Um, all right, Mike. No, he's, uh, yeah, he's he's probably the most physically impressive guy. I mean, top five easy on the team. Easily. He didn't make that freak list. Did you see that? Bruce Felton I heard doesn't... about it. I didn't actually read it. I didn't either. It was uh, Fosky, Cam Hart. And Riley Mills. Riley Mills. Good mm-hmm. choices. But estimate. Come on. Anyways. All right, Mike, we are uh, 44 minutes in, and uh, we're about halfway through our script. So we're going to have to go a little rapid fire. Um, Okay, fair enough. So I'm going to give you like 30 seconds um, on each. Emergence of an end opposite of Foskey. That's a a big point for you this fall. Absolutely. Um, Another guy that could potentially be a star. We already saw him in the the hangover, you know, jersey reveal thing, right? Kind of – but yes, in order for Foskey to really like truly become that top 10, top 20 pick, he's going to need somebody opposite him to take some of the pressure off. Um, I think the entire defensive line, like the mix is going to be interesting. And I'm hoping to see like a kid like an Anye get in the mix as well. But yeah, I, I want to see if so much attention is being paid to Isaiah Foskey by the opposing offensive scheme, it should free up somebody else. And then who, right? And then we get back into like the Keon Keeley conversation. So it's like, oh, wow, we had a top 10 draft pick. We had a top 20 draft pick at defensive end. That should serve in recruiting. So we need Isaiah Foskey to become a legitimate household name, Bednarik type kid this year, top 20 pick. That's like what I'm looking for. And if we can have a, a Robin to his Batman, Mike, perfect. Mike will... And um, Rover, what, what, what's your starting three against? Uh, well, it's not my starting three. Isn't I was talking to or texting with Tim Hyde last night, so he was saying it's going to be JD at Mike. No, excuse me, JD was going to be at Will, and Bauer was going to be at Mike. So is Maris cleared to play, Mike? Do you know this? He's cleared to play. He says he's cleared to play, but they say he's not cleared to play. Is that what we're at? 
Don't know. So just verbal diarrhea here. I think Maris is, can be a stud at, again, another kid that's got some star potential. He's so long and rangy. Almost plays linebacker like a free safety. The last time we saw him getting real minutes, he was a bit of a liability before he got hurt assignment-wise, but you could see the the ability was there. So Maris that will sneeze your over. I think that Kaiser is a limit, a little bit limited athletically. Like when I just see, when I see Kaiser, I see J, JD Bertrand, they all kind of look like the same guy. I know that Kaiser's made a couple plays in his career, like big splash plays, but down to down, I'm just, I'm not like wowed by him, but he should be a serviceable player. But I think like these uh, nickel sets is really going to be interesting. Like, I think you could slide Marist over to Mike in nickel. I think you could bring Kaiser in to play Will. Um, I think that uh, the linebacker, especially talking to some of the kids during spring, I think the linebacker title, you're a Mike, you're a Will, you're a Rover, is just a title. I think when it comes to actually when the ball snap, I think they're all going to be interchangeable in terms of exchanging responsibilities, et cetera. I mean, I think – Freeman loves the blitz back to Foskey leave Foskey with his hand in the ground, please. That's like number one on my wish list. Let's stop bringing him inside on third downs playing with a three man front, having him play inside linebacker. But I mean, what kind of a hellacious blitz could you bring? If you've got Marist and Batello and Prince Kali, who's got a concussion, but Bauer coming. Um, if we're going to go into these, these nickel, anything outside of base, it's going to be, really in the name of pressure. So we've got a ton of bodies back there that have a lot of explosive ability. Um, and I'm stoked to see that. I, I really kind of want, I'm, I'm throwing Batello in there. I, I really want to see him carve out a role and make a little niche. I don't know if he's ever going to be a full-blown starter, but a kid that's ex- as explosive and as nasty as he is should find his way onto the field. I'm like, I need one sentence from you. I, I need that starting three. <laughs> I, need, I need that starting three in a sentence. My ideal starting three? Yours. Just yours. Not what you think the coaches will do. Just your favorite three. Sentence. Uh, yeah, Sneed, Kali, Marist. Sneed, the true freshman. Who gives a shit, dude? <laughs> he put on 15 pounds. I mean, think about athletically. Get real. Who am I you to know, say? Sneed's, I'm the one drinking the, the the seltzer cocktail hour. I can't make Sneed's gonna dude. Sneed's gonna play this year. Oh yeah, I can sure. promise you that. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I think Maris could. So it's fine. Then I'd put, I'd put JD. I'd I'd put JD at Mike. I'd put. Well, you, said at Will. you said what you well, said. You said what you said. Well, okay. This is my one A. I'd put I'd put JD at Mike, which isn't ideal because he's tiny in person. JD at Mike. Marist at Rover, and I put Prince at Will. Okay, that's my one A. I All want right. length that I want length at the Rover position. Cam Hart expectations for this fall. Can he de- take that jump to being a man? He's got all the measurables and and what, hell yeah to a first round pick because like he he looks like a million bucks. I think that last year he was still feeling his way through the position a little bit. Uh, he was just a, a, a fraction of a step slow on so many little plays where he, he could have just tipped that pass. So another year playing the position. Um, and then 
you know, he sees uh, the, who's the kid, the the corner that the Jets drafted, Juice, Sauce, Sauce, Sauce Williams. So, I mean, they're the same dude in terms of like you you, you look at their their measurables, height, length, weight, speed. They're basically the same kid, and that guy was you know top ten, top fifteen pick. So, um, the bar has been kind of set. There is a precedent there. So, yeah, I'd like to see him make more plays and just really really take ownership of being uh, an elite corner. And like I said, I just felt like he was a little bit, a little bit tepid at times. Um, and hopefully this year he just believes what he sees and makes plays. All right, Mike, one more thing on the, on the defensive backs, just, you know, between Clarence Lewis, Brandon Joseph, Ugh. I want to see young kids play, man. Again, potential versus production. So, like, we know where the – and I'm not selling Clarence Lewis out because uh, – I'm not throwing him under the bus because he got sold out in that Oklahoma State Oklahoma State bowl game in terms of he had no help. And they gave him half a field to cover. And over a while – over oh, throughout the course of the game, it kind of broke his spirit. So, I feel for the kid there. Um but I don't want to see Houston Griffin. I don't want to see DJ Brown. I want upside. And I want some of this young talent and some of that persona, some of that attitude, some of that moxie. I want to see it. Okay. Boundary corner. Period. Boundary corner, Cam Hart. Sure. Field corner. Who do you got? One of the one of the young kids. Mickey? Sure. Mickey I truly, made- Mike, I do not care. Just give me somebody else. Mickey was on, on three's preseason uh... – First team defense for all, all freshmen, I should say. Yeah. I mean, if there's a position to play early, we've said it multiple times on this show, it's it's running back and it's corner. There's right. not that much to think about. Let all your right. ability take over. Free safety. Who's replacing Kyle Hamilton? Or who do you want? Who do you want? Is Joseph playing strong safety? I, I'm going to be honest with you, Mike. <laughs> I'm not the right person to ask. Well, I think, yeah, I think Joseph's more of like an in-the-box type guy. Okay. Uh, I can never remember his name, the converted receiver. Number 11, the kid that can fly. Ramon Henderson. Ramon Henderson, sure. Athlete, speed. I mean, put Watts back there. I mean, I, Watts is incredibly – Watts is such a quiet kid, and he's a quiet persona, but he covers a lot of ground, and he's a super physical kid. But, I mean, these – I've even thought – I mean, I've even thought, Mike, that you could take like a Houston Griffin or a DJ Brown and put them at Rover. I mean, they're fairly sizable guys. I mean, Jeremiah Wusu Kormo is what two hundred and eight pounds. I mean, DJ Brown's two hundred five. Um, it's just, you know, it's it's a new era, man. And uh, you know, our our best football is going to be ahead of us. And I just, if, if those young guys are anywhere close, play them. But you're off the Clarence Lewis bandwagon. Yes. He's the, he's the same class as Henderson and Watts, but you know he's played a lot more. I just struggle. Of- I just struggle with like fifth year seniors that aren't like like a, like a Bo Bauer. Like Bo Bauer's been around forever. It's like you know why haven't you become a like a legit starter yet? You know, like you you just keep kind of like okay, well you're going like to be Bo first. Bauer. I'm a little bit off the Bo Bauer bandwagon. Drew White, we had that favorite. Drew White was my least favorite, yes. <laughs> and I have nothing, but I just, again, you look at Drew's body type and it was just like, man, you know, we're, we're bringing a knife to a gunfight. 
Sorry, defense. <laughs> we spent like 15 minutes on you. I'm I'm sorry. We spent a lot more time with the offense, but I feel like you're just kind of used to that. But the strength of the Mike, the strength of the defense is the defensive line, the pass rush, the interchangeability. I mean, we've that got helps some the, that helps the secondary a lot. Yes, yes, yes. So let kids with more ability go play back there. Period. End of story. Okay. All right. All right. We're gonna get into some questions, and then we're gonna get out of here. Okay. No one dropped the freaking super chat. Oh, Mike, no one wants to drop a super chat for old singer. Um, Rob says, is it safe to say we will not have a number one recruiting class until recruits see results on the field first? I'm going to kind of take Rob's question and spin it a tad where I think he was kind of going with this. Will Notre Dame not have a number one recruiting class until they like win something big? Like, do they need to, you know, win a college football playoff game, win a national title to go have a number one recruiting class? No. Um, This may come as a shock to most folks, but I don't think a lot of high school kids watch a ton of football. As somebody that trains them, you know, they they just don't. I mean, they'll watch the big games, but – I, I mean, I'm convinced of it. I mean, how many high school kids are going to watch every snap of – how many four or five-star kids are going to watch every snap of the Ohio State-Notre Dame game? I promise you that it just it, – it, it matters, but it doesn't matter as much. I think the to the to the question, we won't have a number one recruiting class until we start paying kids. Done and done. All right. We are going to uh, now go to the message board. Appalumangold.com because those are the people who have paid that dollar um, for one year of dollars, dude. Yeah, great peeps. So let me pop up on YouTube here. So, so, so this is the website. You type in bloomandgold.com and look at this site launch special. It says one week only. I'm going to let you know. We've been it on three since January. So it's definitely not one week only. I don't know why that says that. But it's a year for a dollar. You know, read the terms and everything uh, because your second year won't be a dollar. I mean, we, we can't run a business at a, at a dollar for every year. But it's really a, it's a, it's a great thing. So you're going to have to um, head to the site and, and check it out. But we're going to go to the message board now. Um, let me pull this up. Aerofan says, thoughts on longtime commitment to decommit after receiving interest both financial and non-financial from other schools. I think we kind of touched on this earlier in the show, Mike. Yeah, it, it hurts. It hurts, but, you know, it's being in a long-term relationship with somebody, it's like you're not married, they can break up with you. I mean, it's just, it is what it is. You don't hold it against them, you know? Yeah. Can you and Ghouls be starting NIL Collective with the Super Chat so we can get Keeley back? I mean, shit, we don't even get Apparently any Super not. as it is. Apparently so. not. <laughs> uh, which freshman do you think will make the biggest impact slash are you the most excited about mine will uh, Tobias Merriweather um, it's kind of the easy one Jaden Mickey has been already the surprise of the 2022 recruiting class with how good he's been so early on um, obviously I'm excited to um, you know st- see Steve Angeli and some warm-up pictures um, that that's about it for me Mike what, who are yours I'm going to say Eli Raritan. Yeah. Just because I, if, if, if folks have ever met him, and I'm 6'3 ish, I'm a tall 6'3, and Eli makes me feel 
yeah. small and he's a, a, a great basketball player. He's, he can do a little bit of everything. Um, and then given what we have at the wide receiver position at the time, I think he's going to, and I've heard from people that he's been told, you know, you're the next Michael Mayer. Like you're the next stud Notre Dame tight end. He is. I was at practice last Thursday. So he not, stays. I, looked fantastic. I love to hear it. They, yeah, they look like a million bucks. So, so that's my pick to click as far as a freshman. There's diaper dandy, dude. Diaper dandies. There's always one that just kind of comes out of nowhere. Blake Fit or, or not Blake Fit. Joe Hall last year. Clarence Lewis the year before. That just ends up playing a ton. Maybe, maybe it is like a stays. Maybe, it, maybe that's it. Um. So, Mike, before we started uh, recording today, I told you that this question uh, was coming. Who has the bigger upside playing college football between Thomas Fedoni? You trained Fedoni, right, Mike? I did for a time, yeah. So Thomas Fedoni was, uh, I want to say, he ended up a five-star tight end. Signed with I turned him into a tight end. He was a receiver, to be fair. He got hurt last year, him into ACL? He, he's been hurt twice now. But is he healthy going Which into this sucks season? for the kid because the kid's probably the hardest worker I know. Healthy? Healthy, though? No? I, mean, I don't I, – I can't speak. Okay. I know he's not currently – like, I don't think he's going to be healthy to start the season. But okay. I, you look it up online. I don't know. So, at Raritan, I mean, towards ACL and basketball last season. But you're familiar with both players. And, and your point on you being 6'3 and you feel small with Raritan, I'm, I just measured in at 6'2 this week. Uh, without shoes on. Good for you. He makes me feel very small. <laughs> yeah. I thought I was 6'3", but apparently I'm 6'2". He, you know, Raritan is, is a, just a large human being. He's, um, he's yeah. big, dude. I told you, he leaves like Drago, uh, Ivan Drago from Rocky. Like, the first time I met him, I was like, holy hell, man. Like, we, So, who, 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 has the, who has more upside? I think Eli does from a traditional perspective in terms of, like, he can be an explosive blocker. You can move him out in the slide. Yeah, you know, as a traditional tight end, but as far as Fedoni running routes, he's almost unguardable. And he has a 6'11 wingspan with four XL gloves. So even if he's covered, he's still open. Like his catch radius is absurd. All right, we got some funny YouTube comments I got to get to, but one more from the message board. AB10 asks, and again, folks, you got a dollar for a year. You could be on here too. If you have any questions, drop a YouTube comment, shoot me an email, um, msinger at balloongold.com, shoot me a tweet. Uh, what, what's my, I don't know what my Twitter is. You have to just find me. Um, AB10 says, What is Goolsby's prediction for the Ohio State score? And then what does he oh, think no. about Buckner's ceiling in this yard? In this year, maybe? In this year, in terms of stats. I can't give you a score. I mean, yeah, don't give the score prediction. We got to do that the week of. Yeah, I have to do a little bit more research. But in terms of Buckner with like stats, I'd say he probably picks up 700 yards in the ground, real running the ball. Leading rusher? No. Well, it's, yeah, call it 600. Yeah, six, let's say 600 yards. I, I mean, I think like 50, 50 to 70 yards a game. I, I, I'm telling you, dude. I think and he's, he's like a four team rushing. I really do. He's like a four or five guy. I mean, I didn't mean, book? I, didn't book lead the team in rushing one year? Perhaps. Does I that sound know. right? 
I don't know. I, I think he might lead the team in rushing. So, I mean, I think eight, nine interceptions, seven, you know, seven. And this is – I'm just Spitball. completely off the top of my head. Yeah, seven, eight, nine interceptions, 15 touchdowns, maybe, you know, throws for 15 touchdowns, runs for another three, four, ten. five. Oh, sure. Five, seven, ten, something like that. Yeah, I just don't think we're going to see design. I don't want to see design runs from Tyler. I, that's where we go back to the backyard football element where the spontaneity of it and just let him go play. I disagree, so, man. I run him. I run him like a wild man. Dude, yeah, but, but Kelly always did that with his quarterbacks, those design runs, and that's when the kids get hurt. The kids get hurt on design runs. They don't get hurt on spontaneous runs. I'm just telling you. Okay. Because then, then that quarterback gets hit like a running back because everybody's flowing to the ball defensively with their gap scheme. But there is no gap scheme for when a kid just takes off and runs. True. Okay. All right. To the YouTube comments, we got to go through these quick. I got to be very specific here. How happy are you to be out of the Brian Kelly era, Mike? I was thinking about this like maybe last night. Uh, yes, I'm happy to be out of it just because I didn't like him as a recruiter and I have some inside, you know inside info that, that yes he was a lazy recruiter that's um, not inside info everybody knows that but i'm sure you well now they know but now they know mike now they know right so this is like frustrating during during funny. when it's happening you're like gosh man uh and i thought that he's a i still think he's a pompous asshole and i'm like a blue collar kid in it and brian, brian kelly's whole energy never resonated with me ever so in that regard yes I'm you glad always that said that so it's fair um, I'm glad that he's gone in that regard. However, like I'm less concerned about going into Columbus week one because of the culture that he helped create. Yeah. So, and, and I, I don't want to come down too hard on coach Kelly. Um, because he did leave the program in, in, in very good shape, but I, I, on a personal level, yeah, I don't like the guy. Okay. Uh, Tom A asks, Goolsby, if I send you an action photo of you, will you sign it and return it for my man cave? Yes. Tom, you better provide that return shipping. That's all I got to say. Hit him on Twitter, at GCA Football. Is that, is that right, Mike? Yeah, GCA. Mike, what is your body fat right now? You don't have to answer Stupid it. Stupid questions. I have no idea, man. Is the room Goolsby is in getting smaller or is Goolsby getting bigger? Yeah, so I get my balls busted for this all the time. So this is like the third floor of the house. It's like basically would be an attic turned into an office. So like the ceilings are short. Great back. And I'm up. Your neighbor's got a great yard. Uh, I got a great yard, man. You can't see it. I got, uh, well, next time. Yeah, so there's spare bedrooms and stuff to do it in, but this is just set up as an office. So whatever, man. Yeah, somebody was like, is he doing it from the back of a fifth wheeler or whatever or a semi-truck? Anyway. Uh, we, we got a super chat. Let me see. Um, I, Thanks, I, I, Susan. Thank you. Susan's kicking off the NIL, Mike. I have some like sounds I can play to celebrate our uh, super chat. These all suck. I don't. I don't have the DJ air horn thing on the on this new software we got. Susan says I'm static uh, for Goolsby's take on Brian Kelly. You did drop a famous line, "F that Brian Kelly guy." Um, I, no, I just said F that guy. F bombs for the algorithm uh, reasons, but what do you got to say about Brian Kelly? Last thing before we sign off. No, that's it, man. It's over. Like I said, I think 
he left the program in a better in a better place than it was when he got there. I just wish that he would have been. Uh, yeah, I think Notre Dame is at its best, and this goes back to what I was talking about earlier. When you know, as a, I'll be forty in September. When I fell in love with Notre Dame was when they beat Boston College in nineteen ninety, or excuse me, they beat Florida State in nineteen ninety three, lost the lost to Boston College, and ended up losing the national championship to Florida State. Like I fell in love with Notre Dame because they deserved to win. And then Notre Dame back then was like that sort of blue collar, you know, steel town, Lou Holtz sort of dynamic. And um, it was more relatable, middle America. And I just feel like that Brian Kelly, Notre Dame ought to, would do well to get back to that type of, uh, I don't don't know if it's marketing or branding or whatever, but we became a little bit pompous. It became a little bit holier than now. I think with Coach Freeman coming back in, and he's about to become a star. Uh, so I'm thankful for I'm, I'm thankful for Coach Kelly for building the culture, but to find a more relatable coach, um, a man of the people, if you will, Mike, like you and you and myself, um, I think that'll serve us well. Okay. When you say the culture he built, you're talking about the culture of winning. Well, you talk, I mean, like the brotherhood and all that, like the accountability, I think is a big thing. Um, Like the day in and day out, the workman-like approach that Notre Dame football players have, the accountability, the professionalism, that's him. That's that's Coach Kelly. Now, when we came out in big games, uh, you know, we, we played a little bit puckered up, so that's another thing that I'm encouraged. I'm, I'm hoping to see is like, do we rise for the occasion against Ohio state? Cause coach Kelly said on record multiple times, like he wouldn't treat coach Kelly wouldn't treat this game against Ohio state at the horseshoe any different than he would treat a game like in the middle of the season against Toledo in his mind. Cause he's an, an asshole, you know, he's not going to give credence to what makes this game college football. So special it's games like this. He's not going to acknowledge that. Whereas I hope, the team does and coach Freeman does like acknowledges like this is a special thing and go let your nuts hang, man. You know, go take it. I, I think we got to uh, sign off after a, yeah, yeah. That's my locker room line. speech. That's dude. one of Goolsby's <laughs> best lines is, you know, let, let your hair down. But, I, but I like when he says, let your nuts hang instead of let your, we're going to start making t-shirts, Mike. And that's, that'll be the first graph. You've been on that for a while. Let's do it. Hey man, just telling you. All right, folks. All right, buddy. I'm Mike Singer. He's Mike Goolsby. Appreciate everybody. Hit the thumbs up. Go to blueandgold.com. $1 for one year. Go check out all of our other YouTube shows. We're going to have a fantastic lineup for this Spread the word. I love YouTube. Spread the word. It's such a fun job, like, to just do YouTube stuff. Of course, I do a lot of writing, but I enjoy spending time doing these YouTube videos. So, yeah, subscribe. Like the video. It helps support us. Drop a super chat next time, folks. Susan's the only one who did. Next time, you guys got it. (laughs) Yeah, head to blueandgold.com. And as always, we'll catch you next time. Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.